This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Church, man, we are so glad to see you here today. If you uh, didn't get a chance to already, um, we're giving you permission to pull out your phone in church today. And uh, so what I want to encourage you to do is pull out your phone and uh, download the Bible app on your phone. It's literally called the Bible app, the Bible app. It's a pretty good one. Um, So download it. We're going to be talking just about some stuff in it today you know, the Bible. And uh, but anyways, we're glad you're here for week two of the fight. And sometimes, if you, you know this, sometimes the Christian life can feel like a fight, can it? Sometimes life feels like a fight, but definitely sometimes the Christian life can feel like a fight. And if you were here last week, we had uh, Mr. Evan Cutts, who is actually a professional MMA fighter up here, and we interviewed him, and we talked to him about what uh, MMA, mixed martial arts, and what Woo, sing it. What MMA and, and mixed martial arts and being a Christian have in common. And so what we kind of discussed and he shared with us is disciplines that he does, things that he does uh, on a daily basis or a weekly basis or even a monthly basis as he prepares for months at a time to prepare himself sometimes for a 15-minute fight. And I said, if he does it right, it's less than 15 minutes. You know what I'm saying? And so we kind of compared that. What does that look like? For the Christian, right? Because what we want to do is in the Christian faith, sometimes we have moments where life comes at us fast and sometimes we have moments where we get sucker punched and sometimes we have times that we need to be prepared for as Christians. And so when those times come, we want to be prepared to stand strong on our foundation of faith so that through trials, through difficult circumstances, through these things that come at us, we can stand strong, we can stay close to Jesus And then we can respond like Jesus. And what we said is there's these things called spiritual disciplines. And spiritual disciplines can be the difference for us as a Christian between a thriving Christian life and a powerless Christian life. And Christian discipline or Christian disciplines or spiritual disciplines are not what make you a Christian. They don't, they don't save you. Jesus is what saves you. But what they do is they empower your Christian faith. And so today we're going to be talking about the spiritual discipline, what I'm calling study the craft. Study the craft. If you're a fighter, you might study like Brazilian jiu-jitsu or different holds or different things to prepare you for the fight. And what we're calling, we say study the craft is studying the scriptures, studying the word of God. Now, we call this thing the Bible. This is the inspired word of God. We believe that this is the word of God. And if you open this bad boy up, what you're going to find in it, you're going to see the Old Testament. You're going to see the New Testament. You're going to see stories about Jesus. You're going to be, you're going to see wisdom literature like Proverbs. You're going to see songs like Psalms. You're going to see books about love, like in Song of Solomon, little James Brown. (laughs) You're going to see stories of war. You're going to see stories of love. You're going to see stories of redemption. But as we talk about preparing ourselves for the fight that sometimes can be the Christian faith, there is no better place to start than with the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says that all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God or woman of God may be competent and equipped for every good 
work. The word of God, the scriptures prepare us and equip us to live the Christian life. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Bible guides us as Christians. Isaiah 48 says, the grass withers and the flowers fail, but the word of God endures forever. Grass may die. This thing is never going to fail. This thing is never going to die. This thing is never going to fade away. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. What that means is the Bible is transformative in our lives. That's why whenever we were walking through the book of James, I'd get up here and I'd be like, guys, I know I'm preaching it, but this thing is challenging me this week. This thing is changing me this week because as we study the scriptures and we study the word of God, it is transformative in your life. The Holy Spirit uses it to change you and shape you and transform you. But unfortunately, sometimes when people see the Bible or when they think about the Bible, they don't necessarily think about the power of the scriptures. They don't think of how amazing the scriptures are. They don't think of what's inside the scriptures. Sometimes when we think about the Bible, if I took a poll and I said, it's anonymous, just tell me what you think about the Bible, probably the number one answer I would get was, it's just a bunch of rules. Anybody? Y'all aren't going to be honest with me, are you? Mm-mm. Not me, Mike. Sometimes we think it's just a bunch of rules, and oftentimes we see this thing as just something that we go to. We say, it's hard to understand. I don't know. It's just a bunch of rules, and so I go to it to find out, can I do this or can I do that? And it's true that the Bible does tell us, as Christian, God's expectation for how you live the Christian life. There's a design for how he designed the Christian life to be. And he says in James 1.22, he says, be doers of the word, not just hearers only. Don't deceive yourselves. What he's saying is study this thing, learn it, obey it, live it out. There is a design for how God intends the Christian life to be lived. And we can find that in scriptures. And what we do find out as Christians is when we don't follow that design, sometimes things can get a little jacked up. Like whenever I was in uh, elementary school, we used to play soccer all the time. Like good time, World Cup, anybody following anybody? All of the teams that I follow are just failing. So if you want somebody to lose, let me root for them, okay? You know what I'm saying? Like my Cowboys fandom has gone to the World Cup. Um, But anyways, um, what was I talking about? Um, Oh yeah, when I was in elementary school, I used to play, we used to play soccer all the time at recess. And so we play soccer, get ready, have fun. The only thing is the soccer that we played was not exactly how soccer was designed to be played. (laughs) What we played looked a little bit more like rugby. Anybody ever played rugby? What it was was a whole lot of running with the ball, dropping it, kicking it, and tackling people. And one day, I was, uh, I was running with the ball, and I was a skinny little kid. If you see Gideon, he's, he's kind of skinny. You know, I mean, I know you can't, me as a skinny kid, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure you're not picturing that. Um, but I was a skinny little kid, and one day I got tackled. I was running the ball, got tackled by a kid who was not a skinny little kid and uh, broke my collarbone. Middle of recess. And as a matter of fact, this has nothing to do with the sermon, but I'm still bitter. I, the teacher wouldn't let me go to the nerves because she didn't think I was still, she didn't think I was really hurt. I still remember her name. I will not forget you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but the point of that story, besides my bitterness and need for healing, <laughs> is that when we play the game or when we, God has a design for how we live the Christian life and we don't live it by his design, sometimes bad things happen. It's not that he causes them to happen, but he has a design for how he wants the Christian to live. And when we don't follow that, that design, one, it's sin. Secondly, you're going to have some scars just like me. Like soccer didn't break me. It wasn't soccer's fault that I got the broken collarbone. It was my fault because I wasn't playing soccer the way it was supposed to be played, right? 
And then finally, it's going to definitely impact and affect your relationship with Jesus. You can't live outside the way he designed for you to live as a Christian and expect to stay close to him, right? And so the Bible does have a design for us and how we should live, but River Church, the Bible is actually not all about that. It's so much more than a list of rules on how you're supposed to live. As a matter of fact, I was going through a book with a friend this week talking about this. The Bible isn't even about you. Do you know that? This isn't even about you. The Bible is a story about Jesus. The Bible is a story about God. And when we read the Bible, when we study the Bible, when we learn the scriptures and we discipline ourselves and learn the scriptures, it gives us a healthy understanding of who God is. And this is so important for you and me as Christians. We try to follow Jesus because there are so many lies and deceptions about who God is in our world today. There is, I know this isn't always the most popular thing to say, but we believe the Bible, and in the Bible it teaches us that there is spiritual warfare happening in our lives. There are demons, there is a Satan who very much wants to trip you up and destroy your relationship with God, and there are lies about God, and if you don't understand the scriptures, if you don't have a healthy foundation of what's in this thing, you might be tempted to believe those lies. This is our foundation so that we can understand how to combat the lies of the enemy so we can compare it to what this says. When you hear lies, compare it to what this says. Anybody ever played that game, Telephone? You know what I'm talking about? When you're kids, it's the one where you line up side by side and you tell something to one person and it travels and travels and travels. Like it starts out like, I don't know, let's go get lunch and it ends up like, I, I need new socks. Like how does that even close? You know what I mean? Well, if we don't have a strong foundation of our faith, if we don't have something to compare what is said about God to, what happens is our spiritual life or who we think God is, is like a game of telephone. It's just one person passing what they think to the next person, to the next person, to the next person, to the next person. And at the end of the day, you have one just messed up, mixed up version of who God is. And so the scriptures, this sacred text defines for us who God is so that we have something to compare it to. So, And by the way, we always go with this. As a matter of fact, whenever I was interviewing for a job, uh, a pastor position, I was interviewing between like a, these this board members, and I'm sitting there, this young guy looking at this big board, and one of the first questions they asked me was, Mike, what do you do about cults? What do you do about cults? I don't know, you know, like, what a weird question, you know? What, what had happened is that there was a young girl, uh, she's about 20 years old, who had started going to this Bible study, and it was this guy who had told them that, she, that he had this special revelation from God and that he knew stuff that wasn't in the Bible, and he had this great, this great things that he was going to share with them. And she started going to this study, and because she didn't have a firm foundation to compare the things that he was saying to, to the Scriptures, she fell for it. She was tricked by it. She was deceived by it. We don't, don't want that for you because there is spiritual warfare, and when you get to the fight, we want you to be prepared. When we study the scriptures, they teach us about who God is and we can compare it to what other people say about the scriptures and we always, always, always go with what the Bible says. We study the scriptures so we're not deceived by liars. But the Bible doesn't just, we don't just study the scriptures so that it will tell us who God is. We study the scriptures so that we can know him ourselves intimately. Those are two different things. Knowing about somebody and knowing somebody are two different things, right? Like, like I know who Dak Prescott is, but I don't know Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys quarterback, right? We're not on that level. You know what I'm saying? Two different things. And we study the scriptures. They reveal God's heart for us. And when we study the scriptures, we learn his, we see his love 
towards us. We see his generosity towards us. As Christians, we see how he blesses us and how he draws us close to him. We see how in hard times he can be our foundation to stand on and how he is faithful to us no matter what. We see those things in the scriptures. And this is so important for the fight because in the fight of the Christian faith, the fight of life, there's going to be moments that are going to hit you hard. There's going to be moments that are not you around. I know there's several of us in this place today that are dealing with stuff like that. And there's going to be moments where life hits you hard and you might ask in that moment, you might ask why God would allow this. You might ask God, do you actually love me? And if you don't have a strong foundation and a strong understanding of who God is and his heart for you and his faithfulness for you that comes out of the scriptures, you might get tripped up and you might not stay close to Jesus. And those hard times might actually push you away from Jesus. And it's in those hard times that it's so crucial that you know the difference from about who God is, but knowing who God is and knowing his heart for you because you will face difficult seasons in life. And it's in those difficult seasons that we, as the Bible says, we write the scriptures on our hearts. And when we face those times, the scriptures come to our mind and we remember we're reminded of who he is and we're able to battle those things with him and stay close to him and stand on that firm foundation. Um, this last week, as some of you guys know, uh, we're about to have baby number two. We're excited about that, right? It's cool. Um, but it also can be a little scary. And as Katie and I have been talking about this, um, this is a little bit different because it's not so much something that'll shake you, but stress and anxiety and something that may cause fear. And Katie and I have been talking a little bit about adding on this baby. And, and last week we had a little discussion about um, just childbirth and what that's going to look like and just some anxieties that comes with that and some natural fears because um, I, th- I think I shared with this with you guys a while back when, when Gideon was born, there was some, you know, some complications that kind of scared us in the midst of it. And so Katie and I were talking about it and I said, Katie, um, what, what did you do last time? You know, how, how did you deal with the anxiety of going through this? Cause you know, there's only so much I can do as her husband, you know, and what she told me, and I thought this was so wise. She said, what I did is, is somebody gave me some scriptures and whenever I would get scared or anxious or nervous, I would read those scriptures and I would be reminded of who God is. I would be reminded of his faithfulness for me. I would be reminded of his love and goodness for me. And she told me, she said, I'm going to give you some scriptures, Mike, that I need you to memorize because when I get scared, I get anxious. I'm going to need you to tell me and remind me of those scriptures. You see what I'm saying? And some of us, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know if you need to be reminded of God's heart for you today. I don't know if you need to be reminded of who God is today. But when you walk through those hard times and you see those difficult circumstances, I want you to be able to walk through that. For example, Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and our strength. He is our helper who is always found in times of trouble. Second Thessalonians 3, 3 says, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. Psalm 119, 114 says, you are my refuge and my shield and I have put my hope in your word. We have a God who is faithful. We have a God who we can stand on. We have a God who protects us. We have a God who takes care of us. And all of these are truths about who our God is. And as we're learning the scriptures, we these things can become prayers that we pray, promises we can hold on to when we face difficult times and difficult seasons. When scripture is written on our heart, we can remember who our God is and find a foundation in who our God is and trust in our God. But God's word doesn't just remind us of his heart towards us. It also reminds us of his, of his heart for us. 
Like there's a lot of lies out there that come from the enemy and come from the one who attacks you. And a lot of times he's going to tell you somebody that he thinks you are. And he's going to tell you things about yourself that you don't want to hear. And he's going to call out lies about you being a son or daughter of God. Here's what I mean by that. Um, last week, I'm a little ashamed to tell you guys this. Uh, last week, Kate and I watched a movie called I Feel Pretty. Anybody seen it? Yeah. Um, not recommending it or saying it. I mean, I'm just saying we watched it. Okay. Don't judge me. Um, but as we were watching it, at the end of the movie, the main character uh, gave this little speech, and, and she said something that I thought was really interesting. She started to talk about um, girls, little girls, and she said, you know, when little girls are born, they're so confident, and like they strut around, and they think they're beautiful, and they just, they're full of like love and happiness and joy, and she said, and over time, I'm not exactly quoting the speech 100%, but you know, you get the picture, now, over time, she said they get told they're not good enough and they get told they're not beautiful and they get knocked down, they get beat down by life. And as I was, as I was like listening at it, it made me sad because I was thinking about Gideon, our son, who's like just, I mean, you see that boy walking around, he's just strutting everywhere. Like he just loves life, you know, and, I, and I, it makes me so sad to think that that might get taken a, away from him. But being a preacher, <laughs> I begin to turn that and see that kind of in a spiritual sense. And I begin to think about us as Christians and I begin to think about how when we first get to know Jesus, we first have a relationship with Jesus, we believe so deeply that he loves us. And we believe so deeply that he cares for us. And we know the truth that he died for us and he loves you. And you right? But sometimes what happens is over time in that walk with Jesus, we mess up. And over time in that walk with Jesus, we begin to feel guilt. And the enemy reminds us of our failures. And we begin to feel shame. And we begin to feel embarrassed and those things draw us away from Jesus. And in the fight, when the enemy's attacking us, instead of drawing closer to Jesus, we get pushed away from Jesus because we think he's ashamed of us, because we think he doesn't love us, because we think that he doesn't care for us. But when that happens, you can fight that with the scriptures too. Matter of fact, I heard a great illustration of this I wanted to share with you. And if you take notes, I want you to write this down. This uh, pastor was talking. I heard this like, man, this is fantastic. A way to fight the lies of the enemy. And it starts with this. You write down four columns. So if you have a pen and paper, you draw it right down four columns. And the first column, what you'd write is the lie. What's the lie the enemy's telling you? Maybe that lie is you're not loved. Maybe that lie is you're a failure. I don't know. And then the second column, you write down what's the consequence if I believe this lie. With the lies that you're not loved, the consequence of that might be you seek love in places you shouldn't. You feel ashamed. You feel depressed because you're not loved. I mean, you could list all those consequences. What are the consequences if I believe this lie? And then in the column three, what you do is you search the scriptures and you find the truth. And the truth is you are very loved. The truth is, I'll use an easy one, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, they give his only son that whoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The truth of that scripture is that God loves you. The truth of that scripture is that God cares about you deeply. As a matter of fact, God says that you are sons and daughters of the most high king. That's not someone who's ashamed of you. That's someone who loves you deeply, right? And then, so that's column three. And then in column four, what you do is you write consequences if I believe the truth. What's the consequence if you believe the truth that you are deeply loved by the most high God? Well, maybe you might strut around a little bit like Gideon. Maybe you're able to love deeply because you, are, you know that you are loved deeply. Maybe you want other people to know that deep love of Jesus that you have experienced yourself. You see how we can combat the lies of the enemy with the truths of the scriptures. Knowing scripture helps us to understand who God is. It helps us to understand his heart for us. 
In hard times, it gives us promises to stand on. It helps us to know the truth about how God feels about you so you can combat the lies of the enemy. And finally, knowing scriptures, studying the scriptures helps us to fight temptation. If you read the scriptures, there's a certain point where Jesus is tempted by Satan and, and he goes away into the wilderness and he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And this is a big deal for us. Like if this was a movie, this is like one of the, the main points, like the crux is because if Jesus fails here, if Jesus falls and into temptation and sins, like it's all over for us. <laughs> Because the whole point is Jesus is the spotless lamb, goes and is the sacrifice on the cross for you and I for the forgiveness of our sins. And if he messes up and fails and sins here, it's all over for all of us. So this is a very big deal. We don't know that he will, wouldn't sin, right? But if you don't know that, it's a whole different game, right? And so it's, Satan takes him and he goes and, and or he goes into the wilderness and it says, Matthew chapter four, verse one, it says, he's led up into this by the spirit in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, as you might think. I had to take a blood test this week and I didn't eat for like 15 hours. And I thought I was about to fall out, man. It was crazy. The lady took my blood and she was, or she took my blood pressure and she was like, are you hungry? Like, she's, your blood pressure's really low. I'm like, yeah, I am hungry. Thanks for being late. Anyways. Sorry, bitterness. <laughs> um, but, but he answered, it is, or excuse me, verse three. Then the tempter approached him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. But he answered, it is written, man must never live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will give the angels orders concerning you that they will support you with their hands so that they will not strike your foot against stone. And Jesus told him, it is also written, do not test the Lord your God. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to them, I will give you all these things if you will just fall down and worship me. Can you imagine that, man? Satan coming to Jesus and say, I'll give you the kingdom of the world if you'll just worship me. You talk about a joke. And then Jesus said to him, I, I love this response, go away, <laughs> go away. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him alone. And the devil left him and immediately the angels came and began to serve him. I'm not going to preach a whole sermon on this passage, but Jesus is tempted by the devil in three different ways. Self-gratification, self-protection, self-exaltation. And those are three ways that we're tempted a lot as Christians. And Jesus' response to the enemy was to respond by the truths of Scripture. When the enemy tried to trip him up by lies, Jesus' response was to quote the truths of Scripture so he wasn't tripped up. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The discipline of learning the scriptures will help you when Satan comes after you and attacks you and tries to trip you up and cause you to sin because you know the truths against the lies. The discipline of learning the scriptures is probably one of the most important ways that we as Christians can discipline ourselves to be ready for the fight, to live a powerful Christian life. And I know you're thinking, that's great, Mike. So what do we do? Because if I was honest and we talked about it, what I hear more than anything is like, Mike, I want to read the Bible. I, lo I love the idea of reading the Bible, but I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. I open it up and I just get confused. And I, they're like, I started from the beginning and then there's just all these names and it's just confusing. And I get that. I get that. And so what I want to do is I want to give you, as we close out, I want to give you a few tools before we go to help you this week begin to study 
the scriptures. A few ways that you can do it, right? Through this series, I want to give you some tools. A few ways we can do it is in church, right? What we're doing here today. That's why as a church, like we just got done walking through the book of James, because we walk through the scriptures, we study the scriptures together. A second way you can do that is through community groups. We're launching community groups today. Starting this week, you can get involved in a group. You can study scriptures with other people. Another way you can do it is one-on-one with somebody else who say, hey man, I, I, I want to learn the Bible. I want to study it more. You can meet up with somebody for coffee. I have a couple guys here in the church that I do that with. And man, I, man, I can do it with you too, right? But study with other people. But then the final way I would say this is, um, well, it's always, I won't say best, but it's always a great idea to learn that discipline so that you can do it on your own at home in a quiet place where you can spend time with Jesus. And so we're going to study the scriptures alone this week together. That's pretty good, isn't it? We're going to study the scriptures alone this week together. So what I want you to do is I want everybody to pull out their phone. I want you to open up. What are we going to open up? The Bible app, man. You guys, y'all are paying attention. <laughs> open up the Bible app. And when you get it, just raise your phone up in the air so I know we're all there. Wave it around like you just don't care. Hey, oh. All right. And if you see, you might have to sign in. You can do that on Facebook or whatever. The top left-hand corner of your phone is a silhouette of like two little people. You see that? Yeah, yeah. You see that? I want you to click on that. Man, y'all didn't know you were going to get like a, <laughs> like a whole experience today. Click on add friend. Add friend. And what you're going to do is you're going to become friends with the River Church today. We'll see if you get accepted. <laughs> what you put in is the River Church DFW. The River Church DFW. And click add friend. I'll give you a second. Everybody got it? Yes, no, maybe? The River Church DFW. And what I'm going to do this week is we're going to study the Bible alone, but together this week. And, and what I'm going to do is send you a five-day Bible study. And I'm actually pretty excited about this one. It's called That's Not in the Bible. It's kind of funny to do a Bible study called That's Not in the Bible, right? Come on. Anybody see the irony in that? Just me? Okay. Um, but So it says things like, it, it talks about like famous phrases or quotes that people attribute to the scriptures, but that's not actually in the scriptures. And so what it is, is you'll, it's going to be a little devotional and there's going to be three or four scriptures that's going to go along with it. What I want to encourage you to do is this week, just try to try to do it one time, two times, three times, five times this week and study the scriptures together as a church. And it's going to be fun. We'll all be doing the same thing. And, and I want to encourage you as you do it, as you study, if you complete your Bible study, man, post it on Facebook, tag the church so that you can encourage other people and they can see that you're doing it too, right? And if you only do it once this week, guess what? Once this week is better than no times last week. Am I right? Amen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so here's what we're going to do. I know that sometimes studying the scriptures can be intimidating and scary. And some of us, maybe you're great at it. Maybe you're in the word every single day. Maybe you haven't opened your book up in like years and it's got cobwebs on it. Either way, we're good. We're going to start together. And it's all about what's your next step. Okay. And that the, the famous quote is, what's the easiest way to, to eat an elephant? One bite at a time, baby. And so that's what we're going to do one bite at a time. We're going to start trying to learn the scriptures together. And I want to encourage you this week to spend some time in the Bible app. I'm going to send that, that uh, devotional to you. Let's do it together. And if it goes well, I might send you another one next week, huh? Might be fun, all right? Awesome. Listen, River Church, nothing will empower your faith like studying the craft. Nothing will empower your Christian faith like learning the scriptures because in the scriptures, we learn who God is, but we don't just learn who God is. We learn his heart for us. 
We learn his heart for us in the hard times and the good times and the scary times. When the lies of the enemy come to you, understand that we learn his heart for how he cares for you and loves you. As we learn the scriptures, we learn how to fight against temptations. And, you know, as we go through this series, the fight, I don't, I don't know how your fight's going, you know? I don't know, maybe you're, maybe as you're walking the fight of the Christian faith, maybe you're winning, maybe you're doing great, maybe you're getting your butt kicked a little bit, I don't know. <laughs> but here's what I do know is that, that God loves you, that God cares for you, but maybe you need to hear those truths again today of who our God is. And so today we're going to spend some time in prayer and worship as we close out. And I'm going to read those truths to you that I read a little bit earlier. And as I read them, I want you to just meditate on them. I want you to remember that this is who our God is. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and he's our strength. He is our helper who is always found in times of trouble. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and guard you from the evil one. Psalm 119, 114, you are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. River Church, I don't, I don't know where you are today. I don't know what you're walking through today, but I hope that you know those truths for your lives, that God is your refuge and your strength. And we're gonna pray today. And I wanna encourage you, man, to just spend time talking to Jesus today. I, I, don't, I don't know what your next step is. I don't know if you need to give your life to Jesus. I don't know if you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. I don't know if you need to find forgiveness. I don't, need if you, I don't know if you, maybe you need to forgive somebody. I don't know. But as we t- spend this time worshiping and in prayer, I want to encourage you, talk to Jesus. What's your next step? What do you need to do? Okay? I want to see him change your life and transform your life. I want to see him work in your life today.